It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. He's not looking for you to hit 10 on the talent scale. He's not looking, if you've only got one talent, He's not looking for you to hit a four. He's looking for you to be faithful. That's it. That's it. Be faithful. Now, I want to share with you something. I want to tie this together with this morning's message. I'm going to tie it together in Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Y'all know where Judges is at, right? In the courtroom. <laughs> In the courtroom. <laughs> judges is always easy to remember because uh, Joshua Judges Ruth, he was a bad guy. He was a good guy, but it's a way to remember. Because people always say, don't judge me. They say, hey, Joshua judged Ruth. Uh, so, oh, sorry. I know that's pretty lame. Okay, in Judges chapter number six, I want to share with you a story about Gideon. Gideon is a runt. He's a one-talent guy. Okay? In fact, when the angel of the Lord finds him, he's threshing wheat in the wine press. Which, if you study that out, it, it, it's a, he's making it as hard as humanly possible for a reason. The Midianites. The Midianites are a group of people who are plaguing the nation of Israel. The Midianites are basically like human locusts. Human locusts. They move into town and they eat all your food. I know that's what my mom called me when I was a teenager. Human locusts. I ate everything. But the Midianites, they, what they did is they would stay up on the hills and they would watch for when Israel would go and gather their grain. And when they saw that they had gathered grain, they would come down and take it before they could eat it. So, Gideon hides. He hides, and in probably the most hard, humanly possible way to thresh wheat. He's doing it. The Lord meets him there. The Lord meets him there. And the Lord speaks to him and God tells Gideon that I'm going to use you. If you 
No, the story of Gideon's like, what, me? Who am I? He basically says, who am I? I'm the run of my family, of the tribe of Manasseh. And look, we got all these Midianites against us. I mean, what am I going to do? But you know, whenever God gives you something, when God gives you something to steward over you, or to steward over, God's going to equip you to do the job. Amen? If God is giving you something to do, He's going to give you the ability to do it. He's going to actually use you. You're going to be a vessel for Him. And what God was telling Gideon is, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. You're going to be a vessel for me to bring judgment on the Midianites. We're going to get this thing straight. How many of y'all know the end of the story? God uses Gideon. God uses Gideon in such a way that he took an army of 300 people and he battled against 135,000 Midianites. Give or take one or two. That's quite a battle. And the only way that God could have used Gideon to do that is if Gideon was subservient to God. If Gideon was allowing God to use him, if he was stewarding over that thing and letting God work through him. Amen? Amen. What other way could you win a battle 300 against 135,000? I would say the odds were stacked against them. But the problem is for the Midianites is that God was in their corner. And when God's in your corner... No matter how stacked the deck is against you, if God's in your corner, God's going to get you through. Amen. If God's called you to do something, it's going to happen no matter how stacked the deck looks against you. Can't tell you how many times I've heard from somebody. I'm not preaching money, but I've heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, my bills were more than my income, but God provided. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Amen? Amen. They probably asked you to raise your hand. Y'all probably got a testimony about God's faithfulness in that area. And God's faithful in other areas too. I don't know how God did it, but God used me to lead so-and-so to Christ. Or God used me to encourage so-and-so. Keep them from sinking. But there are times when we feel like we're facing a Midianite army, 135,000 strong. Now, I want you to see in Gideon's life, here's the... Here's the breadth of the story. I told you about when, when Gideon was threshing the wheat and God called him. God surprised him out of nowhere and God called him. God said, 
I'm going to give you something to steward over. I'm going to use you to beat the Midianites. Then at the end of Gideon, we see that Gideon was faithful and that God used him, right? So we see the, we see the call. We see the, the, where God told him, I'm going to use you. And then we see the end. But I want to show you something in the middle. I want to show you something tonight that is a crucial step in the middle. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because before God's going to do great exploits through you, you must first show yourself faithful. Do you remember what the remember what the 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 guy that came back in the Lord's parable said? He said because thou hast been faithful over a few things I will make thee ruler over many. So this guy in Matthew 25, the guy with the 5 and the guy with the 2, they were faithful over the little and because they were faithful over the little, God made them ruler over much. Amen? I want to show you that this same principle plays out in Gideon's life. Gideon finds himself given a task. You're going to knock out the Midianites. And we see at the end of the day that in fact that did come true. But in the middle, Gideon had to show himself faithful over something small. Okay? Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Because you need to be faithful in the small areas to God. You need to be faithful in the little things. You need to be faithful when nobody else is looking. You need to be faithful to God in areas where you don't get thank yous. You need to be faithful to God in areas where nobody notices, nobody appreciates, nobody understands what you go through. You need to be faithful to God. Why? Because you're serving God and not man. The guy with the five and the guy with the two, they were faithful to their Lord. The guy with the one was unfaithful to his Lord. So what's the point of it? It is, no matter what you're doing, be faithful to God in those little things. Don't expect to do great exploits if you can't do the little things. If, you can't be, if God can't trust you to do the little things. I'm just giving you an example. We don't do this here, but let's say somebody gave you the task of opening the church up an hour before service starts. Do you do it an hour before church starts or do you do it 50 minutes before church starts? You see what I'm saying? Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Like I said, we don't do that here. I'm just giving you an example of areas what about whenever you're sharing the, your testimony with other people? Are you faithful to give them the gospel? Are you faithful to give them the truth? 
Are you faithful to give those with bad news good news? Are you faithful? Are you, you, and you might say, well, I, I'm nobody. I, I mean, all I got is just, you know, I, I was just this and then God saved me. I'm nobody. Sounds like a talent to me. You might not have a five or a two, but it's, at least you got one. Your testimony must at least hit the one on the Richter scale. So God's given you something if you're born again. You've evidently come from death to life. Amen? Okay, I want to show you tonight that Gideon didn't go from getting called to doing great exploits, but he was tested in the middle. I want to show you tonight that Gideon was faithful over a few things. And when he showed himself faithful, then and only then did God use him to do the great exploits. What is that thing that God asked him to do? Let's pick this story up. In Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6, in verse 23. I'm going to get in a reference to Jehovah since we just finished up that series while I'm here. The Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Oprah of the Aborazites. Now Jehovah Shalom means that God has showed Himself as your peace. God is my peace. And it came to pass the same night. Everybody say same night. The same night that God called Gideon and told him he was going to give him something and Gideon was going to steward over the redemption of Israel from the Midianites, the same night the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock. Now, before I go further, let me explain this to you. Did I not tell you what Midianites did? What did they do? They were human locusts, right? They, they ate everything that they saw Israel had. So if, if their family, which was a small family, had anything, they were hiding it. Amen? How many of you know what it's like to put food away because you don't know if you're going to make it? So you ration it. You know what it's like to ration food? That's what they were doing. They were rationing food. They were hiding these things from the Midianites. Listen, 
These animals aren't just going to go out and roam at this time. The Midianites had their thumb on them, and any food they had, Midian came to take. So if they had animals, if they had grain, they were completely and totally hiding it. Right? Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut it down by the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Now, understand where we're at. God has told Gideon He's going to use him to bring down the Midianites. At the end of the story, we know that God does use him to bring down the Midianites. But before God used him to do great exploits, he wanted to see if Gideon would be faithful in the little things. And so God asks Gideon to cut down his father's altar of Baal. Now, most of us think, well, that's really not much. I mean, I mean that, that's not really a whole lot. Well, actually, after he cut it down, everybody in the town tried to kill him. His father had to stick up for him in a weird way. His father said, look, if Baal is who you say he is, Baal will kill him. You don't have to do it. Right? But what is important in this passage is that before God uses Gideon, before God uses Gideon to do great exploits, God gives Gideon a task. To see if Gideon will be faithful and small. Nobody else is going to see him do it. They won't see it till it's done. Amen? You know, when you go out to battle, everybody knows. In fact, after this, after this little part, Gideon blows the trumpet of the Lord calling the, the whole people of Israel to battle. But you see, before Gideon took the stage front and center, he was asked to do this. Cut down your father's altar to Baal. Now, you know that's a false altar. You know that's a false god, right? God wanted it down because it's false worship. God wanted Gideon to remove all that stuff from the land. But before God used him to do many, God wanted him to do the few. Amen? And Gideon showed 
that he was a faithful steward over what God gave him because he was faithful even in this area. Now, let me, let me pack, unpackage that just one other way and just share with you this. God was ministering to Gideon. And listen to this. Before God was going to use Gideon outside, God had to use Gideon inside. Before God used Gideon to do much out in the world, God had to use Gideon to do much in his home. He had to get the home right before he was going to get the town right. The nation right. Amen? God was. Do you think that if Gideon would have rejected God's call to cut down his father's altar to Baal, do you think that God would have used him? No. God used him because he was faithful. And here's the process. First, you answer the call to God, and then you take care of business near to you. Amen? This is, you know, that Paul actually picked up on this when he was talking about bishops and deacons. He said that uh, the, a man must first be a ruler, he must rule his house well. Before you're going to work in the house of God, you must first work in your own house. Be used of God out there, be used of God in here. Amen? Before somebody's going to be raised up to be the next Billy Graham, don't you think that they're going to have to be faithful in the little things? Amen? Amen? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to get to tonight. It's just being faithful. God has not called you to do the impossible. That's what God does. Come on. God has not called you to do the impossible. That's what God does. God has called you to be faithful. Doesn't that sound like a fair deal? God has not called you to do stuff that you can't do. That's what He does. I can do all things through what? You can't do it, but Christ in you can. God's not called you to do stuff you can't do. He's called you to be faithful. He's the one that does the work. You be faithful in doing what He's put before you. And watch what God won't do. Now, why am I saying all this tonight? Because we live in an hour. I don't know how much time we got left. I mean, I really don't because no man knows the hour. <laughs> But honestly, how much worse could our world get? 
How far darker could America get? A little bit, but it's pretty dark. What they say is, when she goes, she's going to be a goner. Why do we say that? Look at the wickedness in the land. Look at the wickedness in the land. They're allowing eight-year-olds to take hormone blockers because they decided to be a different gender. Which is biologically impossible. And by God, it is an abomination. But our nation is so sick that it is allowing children to decide to forever harm their body with hormone blockers. Children. Children. Children can have abortions without their parents knowing about it. How dark can America get? It's dark already. And what we need more than anything, we don't need one Billy Graham. We need the church to be the church, is what we need. I believe with all of my heart that if God is stirring us up to be the church, God is stirring up other churches to be the church too. Let's not get an Elijah mentality. God's got enough prophets out there. God's got enough people that have not bowed their knees to false gods. Amen? And if God's stirring in us, I know God is stirring in others. And what is God stirring us to do? To be the church. To go out to the highways and the byways and compel people to come to the Lord. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what God has given us. That's what we are a steward over. We've been given something and we are stewards over it. Now here's the thing. Are we faithful stewards or not? That's the thing. How much time do we have left? Could the Lord come back tomorrow? Yes. Could we, be go- would, could we die in a car wreck tonight? Yes. So how much time do we have left to be a faithful steward? Let's do it. Amen? Amen. A faithful steward. God's called us to be faithful. That He can trust you. That He can rely on you. That if He asks you to do something, He knows it's done. Amen? And if you'll be faithful in those small areas, God will use you to do more things. If you're faithful in the small areas, God will use you to do more. Now some of you don't like that thought. Some of you would just rather stay in the small areas. But if you start being faithful to God, God will do stuff in you. God will begin to work in you. 
Amen? When God first called Gideon, Gideon didn't want to do it. Who, me? But God used him. That's the kind of people that God uses. That's the kind of people that God uses. How many of you want to be a faithful steward tonight? A faithful steward. You know the thing about Gideon? He started out kind of shaky, but he ended up in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11. Didn't he? He ended up in the, in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11, 11 because he was faithful. The Hall of Fame of Faith, he was full of it. He was full of it. He was a good steward over what God gave him. Even in those little areas. Even when nobody else was looking. He was faithful. Amen? You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.